Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody. Today is Saturday, January 21st, 2017, and this is the Bunny Slippers of Evil Job Seekers Call-In Show, presented by Evil Bunny Consulting. Excuse me. I'm your host, Tyrone Griffin, and if it's 3 p.m. you have on your bunny slippers, you are not looking for a job. Welcome, first-time and returning listeners. In this show, we discuss strategies and tactics of job search, staying motivated, and dealing with career transition. For more tips, resources, daily motivations, and to listen to archive shows, go to the website, bunnyslippersrevival.com. They also find links to our Facebook page, our Twitter handle, and our YouTube channel. If you're listening live, you can call in with your questions on Facebook Live right here or at 347-202-0929. Again, best way to hit me up is on Facebook if you got a question. Now, everybody new, this is the new schedule, first and third Saturday of every month we do Bunny Slippers or Evil. On the second and fourth, I do the secret math of money. Okay, so you can hit me up um, on the on the Facebook page if you got any questions, anything about money you want to discuss in a future show. Okay, but this one is Bunny Slippers Review for the job seekers, and the next week we'll be doing uh, the secret math of money. So we'll be alternating every week. Okay, well welcome everybody. It has been a uh, interesting, a crazy week so far. It's been a very historic week, I'll say that. I'm not going to get political, even though the the title says dealing with despair. Um, there's lots of reasons people have despair. Um, part of it, yep, is probably what's going on in, in, in our nation, but that's just not it. You see, the thing is, on a daily basis, anybody and everybody you run into, you interact with at the job or everywhere else could be going through some despair. Um, I'm going to give you two examples of my own despair that I was um, the first one, and all my, my friends from Newburgh remember Miss Sanders at Montgomery Street School. Uh, I was in fourth grade, and I was in fifth grade English. So we used to go to her class every day, every, every day for English. She did this um, vocabulary test. And if you, any word you got wrong, you had to write 50 times. And, okay, I dreaded that test every week to the point, and I was like, what, 10? Um, but... I tell this story so you understand how despair impacts people. I was so distraught about that test, you know, Thursday night before that test, that I didn't study. I was so stressed out, I just didn't study. I spent the whole week worrying about it because I knew what would happen was I'd go take her test at 9 in the morning, and you'd have to sit in her class and write your, your, your words until you uh, finished them. So basically all day Friday I was spent in her class. I, I didn't get a chance to go back to my class. But my point is, that's how despair affects you, okay? That's, it, it, it sh- I mean, I was 10, and it shut me down. I mean, I couldn't even think straight about, okay, maybe if I study, I won't fail the test every week, and maybe I'll do better, you know? But I, I couldn't. I was just, it, it just shut me down. So that's what despair does to you, Okay? Um, and if you're in job search especially, when you start thinking about I don't have a job, okay, that idea that I don't have a job, okay, how do I feed my family? I've been there. And every day, every month that you don't have a job, it gets worse. You just, it shuts you down. And see, and that's the, that's the hard part about it. You know, you can't let the despair overwhelm you. 
I mean, it's really easy. It's, I know it's easier said than done, but you cannot let the despair um, overwhelm. That's what we're going to do. You can't let it do that to you because it gets worse. I got a few quotes. I'm going to start with one. It says, uh, Mahatma Gandhi said this, When I despair, I remember that all through history, the way of truth and love have always won. There have been tyrants and murderers, and for a time they can seem invisible. But in the end, they always fail. Think of it. They always fail. Okay? You will one day get a job. I know when you're in the middle of your job search, your transition, it's hard to envision, envision that. Like when I was a kid, I used to hate to fight. I, I hated to fight. Yeah, I got a black belt now. Go figure. But I hated to fight because I felt like if I started a fight, it would never end. I know. Kid, kid life. But that was that despair. You know, that was a partially uh, a bit of way of, of, of having despair. You know, we see people commit suicide. Um, I'm not going to judge anybody who commits or attempts to commit suicide. Um, obviously, they have some things that they were dealing with. Um, despair. When you feel like there is, you know, the definition of, of despair is the complete absence of hope. And when people commit suicide... Um, they don't have any hope. I'm not going to judge that. You know, I'm not going to sit here and go, well, you're crazy for not having hope. No, I'm not going to, going to say that. Because if you feel that way, I mean, I, I thank God I've never been to that point. But if you feel that way about your life, about your circumstances, about whatever, um, I pray, I hope you get help or get or talk to somebody. But I'm not going to judge you and say you're a coward I'm not, and, and you know, make up all these things about people just because they chose that. You know, um, my feeling on life and people is I have very low expectations of people. Um, I don't mean that as an insult to anybody, but I expect people to be who they are. You know, think about when we get disappointed by people. People are being who they are. We're expecting them to be something different, but people are just being who they are. And it's our fault if we expect them to do this and they do that. It's like, why do you do that? That's me. You know, I'm, I'm being myself, okay? Um, another quote about despair was from J.R. Tolkien, Lord of the Rings guy. He said, oft hope is born when all else is forlorn. Now think about that. When you get to that point where you have nothing but despair, when you feel despair, then you have nothing but hope, okay? That's the point. When you get to that, where you're rock bottom, it's like if you're in the valley, you're in the bottom of the valley. There's nowhere to go but up. Okay, there's nowhere to go but up when you're in the, the valley. If you're at that point where you have despair, and yes, job search can give you, can make you feel that way. Okay, your your networking isn't working. Your um, you're sending your resume out and nobody's responding. You're calling people. They're not returning your phone calls. I remember years ago. I went to a, a graduate, uh, an MBA association, me and a buddy of mine, when I was I kind of looking for some another opportunity, went to a, a networking event. They called it a networking event. It wasn't a networking event. It was a bunch of people getting up, showing off, and, and handing out their business cards because they you know, had nice business cards. But if you reached out, and I reached out to several people in that group, and none of them ever reached back to me. You know, they were happy to stand there, proudly give me their card. Okay, So I understand when you talk about that despair, when nothing is working, when you feel like, Everything and everybody is against you. I just I recognize how bad that can feel. Okay, I'm not saying 
I'm an expert in despair because I don't want to be an expert in despair, but I can understand it. Um, you know, some people feel despair about the direction of our country. The quote I said earlier from Mahatma Gandhi, you know, things change. No matter how bad you think things are with your, your life, your job, Here's the thing. If things are that bad, the worst thing you can do is curl up in a corner and cry. I know it's, it's the easiest thing to do. Like I said, when I was in Miss Sanders' class, and I love Miss Sanders to this day. I love her. Um, but at the time when I was in the, in the fourth grade going to her class, I hated that woman with a passion. Um, but when you have nothing else, when, you, when, you, when things are, 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 are so bad, that's what you've got to sit and think about. Okay. Now, if you are a religious person, then you can look to God. You know, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 31 and 8 says, It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Okay. A lot of people, that's where they turn, to their Bible. But here's the thing about it. One of the things I, I one of the issues I have with people turning to the Bible in times of despair is they only turn to the, to the Bible in times of despair. When things are going well, I know this is a rat hole, so if you're doing a drinking game, take a sip. When things are going well, turn to your Bible. Now, I contrast that with in life. You know, you, when you're in transition, when you're, when you're looking for a job, you're building your network. You're trying to be nice to people. You're trying to network with people. And then when you find a job, you've got an opportunity. Or if you haven't been in transition yet and people are reaching out to you, trying to network with you, don't turn them away. Okay, don't don't be, you know, I don't need you. You know, there's a lot of people, um, we owe a lot of people, um, who when they're on the top, they won't reach back and grab and help nobody else up. When they hit bottom, it's like all of a sudden they start calling in markers and everything, you know. Um, so as I was saying, with, 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 with some people with the Bible, they only turn to God when things are bad. When things are good, they don't know nothing about God. And, you know, we know people like that. Things are going great. They don't have nothing to say. They don't go to church, you know, whatever. When they hit that rock bottom, okay, God, help me out. That's a problem. That's definitely a problem, okay? Because, again, if you only turn to something positive, whether it be God or whatever, if you only turn to something positive when things are going bad, okay, you are really setting yourself up for um, being having trouble because you don't know how to uh, reach out to somebody okay so despair the thing about despair too is you are not the only one going through it you are not alone now they say misery loves company craziest thing go find somebody else miserable if you're in transition and you are going to your networking events and you are doing the things you're supposed to do and it's not working one way out of despair is you go reach out to somebody else. You go reach out and try to take somebody else's hand and help them. Focus on them. I've said many times, dealing with transition is about helping other people. It's not about you. You might think it's about you, but it's really not about you. It's about other people. If you, in transition, you reach out to help other people, if you focus on helping other people, you will be surprised how many people will reach out to help you. One of the best times I had is when I realized I had about 25 or 30 people working for me when I was in transition. And these were people who were also in transition. Some of them had found jobs, but they were working for me. 
And when I say working for me, they weren't getting paid, but they were actively trying to find an opportunity for me. And why was that? Because they, they felt that I had tried to help them. See, I was going through my mess. Believe me, I was going through it. But I had tried to help them. Okay. And they were reciprocating it. Okay. I'll tell you another story about um, despair. Because um, like I said, I've been through it. I worked for a company. I won't say the name of the company, but it was a large company. I worked for it for 18 years. Moved my, my family from one state, moved them 1,100 miles for a job with this company. And long story short, the promises I was made when I came here uh, were changed without my, um, I won't say my permission, they were changed. So the things that I was told what happened didn't happen. And I found myself in a situation a year later where it was a mess. And I was going through issues at home and family, and there was a whole lot of things. And I was on autopilot. And see, that's the thing. When you, when you, sometimes you, get in, you, you feel despair, you go on autopilot. You just go to work and come home. You do the things you need to do. You do your laundry. You go shopping. But you don't live. And I can honestly admit, and at that time, my parents, couple of my, my parents both passed away during that time as well. And, you know, you don't, I mean, I never got to the point where I wanted to commit suicide. Um, I wasn't there. But I was literally on autopilot for a good two years. And it showed in my performance at work. It showed in my, my relationships at home, my family, my friends. It all showed. Okay. Because I didn't, when I got to that point, that bottom, bottom of the barrel, in the valley, no place lower to go, I just curled up in the corner, and that's literally what I did. I curled up in the corner, and and just just I wasn't waiting for anything. I just curled up in the corner. I just didn't want to deal with stuff. And as it turned out, that was a job, first job I say. I, I literally was about to get fired from. And uh, this podcast isn't about God, but understand, I'm a very I feel I'm a Christian person, and it was God that brought me through that. The lesson I learned. From that, you know, first time it happened when I was ten. This time it happened when I was in my thirties, um, almost forty. When everything overwhelms you, when you get to that point where you have nothing, when you when you feel that everything is closing in on you, when you look to the future and you see nothing but dark, when you when you don't feel there's any anywhere for you to go anything for you to do, when you feel to that point, that's when you gotta you, you, you gotta you gotta you gotta change channels. Okay? Now how do you get out of despair? Well <coughs> there's a there's a there's a the scripture says trouble don't last there's a song that trouble don't last always. That's the first thing you gotta remember. Trouble don't last always. It don't last always. Okay? How do you get yourself out of despair? Well, first thing, you got you got to rationalize it, okay? You're in transition. Nothing's working, okay? Your networking isn't working. Your resume's not getting any leverage. You reached out to people on LinkedIn. Nothing's happening. Um, you try to talk to old coworkers. Nothing's coming up with that. Um, your rent is due. You know, your spouse is giving you grief. Your, your, your parents, your siblings, everybody, your kids are looking at you crazy. You know, every, your, everybody's. Everybody's closing in on you. First thing you got to do is, 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 is take a step back and think about, it. okay, this is a bad situation. How do I get myself out of it? 
If I curl up in the, in the corner in a ball and cry, it's not going to get me out of this. If I go to the bar and try to forget my troubles, and there's nobody that will tell you that they could drink their troubles away. Millions have tried. Not a person has succeeded yet. Okay, so don't try to drink your troubles away. Okay. You want to pray to God? Pray to God. Ask him to help you. But then get up off your behind and do something about it. Okay. God is not a God that's going to let you pray to him and then you sit back in the corner and chill, drinking a Mai Tai while he handles your business. That's not, that's not how he works. Okay. So what do you do? Find somebody. Like I said, find somebody who's in transition. Find somebody else who's out there in transition. Okay. And who might be going through some of the stuff. But yeah, people say, well, misery loves company. Yeah, that's true. Misery does sometimes love company. But sometimes it takes that company to lift the misery that everybody's feeling. Why do you think? Think about this. When when people become widowers or people, um, AA meetings, why are AA meetings more than just one person? Because misery loves company, right? Because there's power in groups of people who are dealing with the same things. Okay, That's why there are AA meetings where there are a group of people getting together that are dealing with the same thing. That's why there are victims' groups, because there's people getting together and dealing with the same thing. Okay, take care, Barbara. Thank you for, for tuning in. But it, this will be on Facebook Live later and YouTube and iTunes, so find different places. Um, but the reason, you know, people say that about misery loves company, and people use that as a, as, as a, as a rallying cry to then leave. No. Why would you go find somebody else miserable? Y'all can sit and drink together? No. Because you can help each other. So the first thing you do is take yourself out of the picture. If you feel the despair, take yourself out of the picture. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. And I don't mean that as an insult because you start feeling sorry for yourself and then options that are not really good, like maybe suicide or drinking or committing crimes, they become more palatable. Even if you're just thinking about them, you know. Um, because you feel I got nothing to lose. You always have something to lose. You always have something to lose. Even if it's not your freedom, your soul, uh, your your self-respect. Okay? Um, and on that, another rat hole, listen to me. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that people who, who uh, decide to sell themselves to make ends meet, I ain't mad at you. Okay? If you do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. That's all I'm going to say. All right? I'm not going to sit here and pass judgment on nobody. You do what you got to do. You know, when you're sitting there and your family's hungry, you do what you got to do. If you got to go into the lion's den, you know, if you give a man a choice between starving kids and a lion, you're going to take that lion out. All you're going to do is best to. That's reality. So so don't think I'm trying to, 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 to say anything about that. If you decide to go there, you go there. But anyway, find somebody else who's going through some stuff, and then y'all sit and talk about it. You know? Get it all out, because one thing I've learned is one of the best things in the world is when two people talk honestly about what they're going through, it is amazing uh, when you feel that lightness when you get to open up to somebody about what you're going through. When you feel, you get that burden, because here's the thing, you're carrying that burden of, you know, family, job, security, kids, all that, you are carrying that. And yeah, you got to carry that, but how do you carry it? Do you carry it up, let it bend you over and... And, 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 and compress you, or do you take it off? It's there. 
you and one other person, find out somebody's going through it and go have a cup of coffee, okay, or lemonade or something, and just sit and talk about it. And, yeah, there may be some crying. And let me tell you something right now. Ain't nothing wrong with crying. Not a thing wrong with crying, okay? Men, women, children, boys, girls, all ages, ain't nothing wrong with crying, okay? If you got to cry to get something off you, then you cry to get something off you. That's all there is to it. You do what you got to do, okay? Um, but sit with that person, and y'all just get it all out. Because that's one of the things about despair is you're holding it in. You see, you never let it go. And that's one of the challenges that people have with despair. You know, that's one of the reasons that it's so hard to get rid of, excuse me, hard to address and deal with, because you're holding it in. You're sitting there, you're mad about whatever, wherever, however, and you're not talking to anybody about it. You're just sitting there mad, and it's stewing and festering, okay? And you're just mad, but you never get it out. And that's why when people all of a sudden they strike out and they go, you know, do get a gun and go do something crazy to some innocent people because all that anger inside of them, they never got it out. Why do you think psychiatrists make so much money from talking to people? Because they let you talk it out, okay? That is the thing, to talk out what's going on in your head, all right? I've had situations where I was dealing with something at work maybe, seven about a couple of weeks ago. I couldn't figure out how to get from point A to point B. I could not figure it out. Got on the phone with somebody and just talked to them and talked it through. And they didn't give me, they basically just didn't say nothing, the whole 10-minute conversation. But in that conversation, I had talked my way right into an answer, into a solution. So talking is valuable. So find somebody who's going through some stuff and, and, and talk to them about it. Talk to them about what you're going through. Share, okay? Share your experiences. Share them. You know, and what's going to happen is you're going to cry. Yep, just be real. Be, 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 um, just expect that. There's going to be some crying. But then out of that crying, out of that pain, it's going to come a light. Okay? Because the both of you are going to sit there, and there's going to come that point where both of you go, I'm tired of crying about this. And you go, yeah, me too. And this is the question of life coming up next. This is the thing that dictates so many things. Simple question. What are you going to do about it? Bam. When asked that question, when you put that question in your mind, what am I going to do about it? Life is less about what happens to you and more about how you respond. You feel in despair, what are you going to do about it? And you won't get to that point unless you got through all that crying and get that burden off you. And then you ask that question, okay? And that is the most important question in life to me. What are you going to do about it? And then you and that person will sit down, well, you're already sitting probably, or you'll meet again. You say, you know what, this is good. Let's meet again next week, okay? And that next week, you say, you know what, let's come with some ways what we're going to do about it, okay? That's something, that question... I've asked my son, my Jedi, several times when he was growing up. Something didn't go the right way. I told you he's, he's got a concert coming up in two, three weeks that I'm going to next month. I'm so proud. But he had a whole lot of disappointments along the way. And the question I asked him after every disappointment, what are you going to do about it? Okay. Are you going to sit here and cry? Because when, the thing is, when somebody asks you that question, you got to really think about it. You say, what are you going to do about it? Nothing. 
Okay, what do you expect to happen? Nothing. Hmm. Yeah, okay. Maybe I need to do something about it. Yeah. Okay, that's how this works. Okay, so you and that person get together the next week or whenever you got to, the next day if you, if you got the time. And you come and say, okay, what are we going to do about it? Okay, let's take this, let's deconstruct this. Our resume is not getting any traction. Okay, let's think about why. Where are we posting that resume? Who are we sending it to? Are we blindly sending it to people? Are we applying for jobs? Are we networking through LinkedIn? Because I will tell you right now, as important as your resume is, it is not the most important aspect of job search. Okay, it is not, and we will talk about that for years. Okay, but the resume is not the most important aspect of job search. Okay, it's it's there. It's like manners. Nobody cares about manners unless you ain't got them. Your goal in job search is to get people to not care about your resume. That's the truth. You're, you're trying to get people to not care. Sorry, about your resume. You want people to, to want you because people, they do not hire resumes. Howard Caddy said it best. They do not hire resumes. They hire people. So if your resume is not getting the right traction, how are you marketing? Are you using your resume? Have you put the resume on the, on the tip of the missile and shot it at everybody? No. You've got to put your face on the, tip of the res, uh, on the tip of the missile and use that, your personality, your skills what you bring to the table, not that piece of paper. You want somebody to talk to you and say, hey, you're a good person. I wouldn't mind having you in my company. And then they say, you got a resume? You got them. Because you have sold them on you. You don't want to sell them on your resume. Yeah, I'm not going to say resumes do not get people interviews. They do. They get people interviews every day. Okay? But your resume, if you make your resume the most important part of your job search. So anyway, that's a whole other show. So, you got together with this person. You said, okay, what are we going to do about it? Our resumes aren't working. How are we marketing our resumes? Let's think about how, what's the best way. Are we just blindly throwing it out there? Twenty years ago, when we used to do job search, we had to get the paper was the same as the cover letter, was the same as the business card, was the same as the envelope. You had to run it through a printer. You had to do all this stuff, and you blindly sent your resume. And, yes, you don't blindly put your resumes in the mail anymore, unless you're crazy, but... You can blindly email them, mass email them to people. You know, let me blast the area and see what happens. People don't like that. You know, people rarely, you got to work with somebody. you got to talk to somebody. you got to be in front of somebody's face. you got to get somebody to like you for who you are, not for what that piece of paper says. Okay, so how are you marketing your resume? How are you pushing it? Next thing, LinkedIn. How are you using LinkedIn? What tips do you know? What tricks do you know? Let's exchange, Okay. Let's, let's help each other. That's how you get out of despair. You try to help somebody else. They help you. And all of a sudden you find out you're not crying as much every night. You know, they say, well, you know what, i got to get some kind of part-time job because I need to um, pay my rent. Okay, well, where can we go? What, what, what place is hiring? I know some places looking for people. Boom, boom, boom. And this thing you know, it, it starts to roll. And then you might have somebody else who sees you too and says, oh, you guys get together every week? You mind if I join you? Boom. And all of a sudden you got from two, you got to three. From three, you got to five and so on. And you get a group, and you all are going through hell. Excuse my French, but you're going through it. Um, Winston Churchill said it best. When you're going through hell, just keep going. And when you're going through despair, just keep going. Don't ever stop. Don't ever give up. Don't ever think that you cannot make it better. Don't ever think that it won't get better, no matter how bad it is. You know, I told a story years ago. This woman I met at a job networking event on a Monday, and she was 
distraught. And she was saying, because I'm getting kicked out of the uh, hotel I've been living in this coming Friday. It was Monday. And, you know, I felt bad for her. And I asked her that question. What are you going to do about it? She said, I don't know. Uh, okay. You got four days. What are you going to do about it? You know, are you going to sit and cry? Or are you going to do something about it? Okay. My point is this. And I, can't, I always can't believe I talked for a half hour. If you feel in despair, do something about it. Trouble don't last always. No matter what your despair is about, it will not last always. If it's about something a lot of us are feeling despair about right now, it's not going to last always. Okay? Just keep going. Keep doing what is best for you and your family. And the things you can't control, don't worry about things you can't control, just keep moving. Just keep keep pushing. If I have any message from this show, that's the message. No matter what is going on in the outside world, no matter how bad you might keep going. Because if you stop, if you get this feel start feeling despair and shut down it's going to be worse. And they win. The evil people win. If you don't keep pushing, the evil people win. The people that are trying to take from you, those outside sources, those forces that are trying to shut you down, they win. So anyway, everybody, thank you for, for tuning in. I appreciate it. Again, next week, the secret math of money. If you got a money question, you want something to discuss, just hit me on Facebook, and I would try to do it on the future, future show. With that, as always, thank you for, for putting up with me for a half hour. I'm still in shock. Talk for a half hour on this stuff. Okay? So with that, everybody, have a great week, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.